0: You're listening to a message from Victory. Join us as we dive into the Book of Romans to understand more about the power of the gospel in our series, The Gospel Explained. Lord, we agree that that you have overcome the world, that forever you reign, Lord. So today, Lord, we declare that you reign over our lives, that you reign over our city, you reign over our homes, and you reign over our nations, Lord God, the nations of the world. And especially, specifically, Lord God, you reign over sicknesses and diseases. So we declare today, Lord God, that you are king and Lord over all, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to our worship service. My name is Henry, and I'm one of the pastors here in Victory Katipunan. You know, in light of the president's directive about public gatherings, our Metro Manila worship services will temporarily be online. But I want to just say that thank you for um, not giving up meeting together. And I'm so thankful for having internet and social media so that we can gather together. And our hope and our prayer for all of you is that you will feel the presence of God wherever you are. That is one of Jesus' promise to us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So as a church family, um, we are in faith that God is with you wherever you are. Um, So today we're, we're really embarking on something that's unprecedented. Um, we are in our second week of our 23-week series on the Book of Romans, entitled, The Gospel Explained. And last week, Pastor Mike did an awesome job of kicking off our series. And, And because of the series, as you may have guessed, our series title, The Gospel Explained, it is about the gospel. The gospel is one of the major themes of the letter of Romans. So, the gospel really is a good news that imparts, impacts our lives, history, and eternity. And the passage that I want to share with you today is considered to be the theme verse of Romans. Can we all turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17? It says, Therefore, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for every, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Let us pray. Lord, we claim, we claim your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that wherever we are, whatever we are facing, Lord, Your presence is here with us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in our lives. Lord, we ask that you would bless and anoint your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, the word gospel means good news, essentially. And that word was mentioned 11 times in the book of Romans, four times in chapter one alone. So good news, right? And if there is a time for God's good news to be declared, that time is now. Yet according to um, a video, a YouTube video, why we like bad news, even if we prefer good news, especially at a time like this, we're actually wired to pay more attention to bad news. Um, If you look at headlines today, you will probably come away feeling like the word is scary, um, dangerous, and hopeless. In short, you're full of fear. But in reality, many things are better now than ever. So why is there so many bad news, fearful news? It is easy to put the blame on media. Um, They have a mantra that says, if it bleeds, it leads. But when you come to think about it, The people who are buying the newspapers, the people who are clicking on the articles, is us. The reason for this is called the negativity bias. That's the tendency for negative things, all else being equal, to have a bigger effect on us than positive things. Specifically, negative things stick out more in our minds and tend to outweigh any other good things. So the question for us today is this, what are you afraid of right now? Is it the coronavirus pandemic? Is it the fear of the unknown or the uncertain future? You know, whatever it is, you need to be honest with that fear. We need to be honest with that fear in order to get to a place of faith. So that's when I think of Paul's life. I imagine that he went through this same process. And he came out of it saying, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. You know, what is he, could he be ashamed of? But when you really think about it, Paul, a Roman citizen, was from the province of Tarsus. In short, from the Pope, Paul. If you are not from the city during that time, you are probably not highly regarded or looked down upon. Or even worse, not regarded at all or dismissed. How about the people living in Rome during that time? Being a Christian was something, was not something to be proud of. In fact, it was something to be ashamed of. Rome was the capital of the Roman Empire, the superpower of their time. Brought forth Pax Romana, peace on the whole empire. They were the cultured ones, the strong ones, the conquerors. Christianity was for the weak-minded. It means you are not sophisticated enough. That's why you need a religion. Christianity was for someone who needed a crutch. You are not strong enough. That's why you need Christianity. And when you look at the leader of the movement, Jesus, he was crucified in public. You know, that fact alone was not something to be proud of. In fact, it was something to be ashamed of. Not only that, Paul, when you look at the Paul's background, he was a Pharisee, trained to follow the letter of the law. Jesus and his disciples were notorious for disregarding the ceremonial laws and traditions of the Jews. How about the Hebrews? Hebrews. Their expectations were for a conquering king that would free them from outside rule. What they saw was a failed rebel or a crucified fanatic. Being a Christian was not something to be proud of if you were a Jew. In fact, it was something to be ashamed of. What about our culture today? Often we talk about my truth or my experience Everything is subjective. That if you stand for a moral standard, you're looked at as intolerant. So that means you are shamed for not accepting their truth. So a lot of Christians are afraid to share their views or even their faith to others. Why? Because they don't want to offend people. Why? Because they don't want to be labeled. Why? Because they don't want to be bashed online. You know, Paul took this head on, and his conclusion was, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It did not matter that it ran counter to what the culture believed. It did not matter that it went against popular culture at that time. Why? It goes on, it says, For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Because in Paul's mind, there was no doubt, there was no question. He believes that every fiber, with every fiber of his being, that the gospel is the power of God. That even though it appears to be unsophisticated to the world, even though it appears to be weak, it is the power of God. It's God's power. You know, that word power there is the same word used in verse 4. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That power that gave life to a dead person. It is the power of God that changed Paul from being a terrorist to being a missionary. It is the power that changed his plans from stopping Christianity on its tracks to planning on establishing a headquarters in Rome to advance Christianity. Um... The other day, Bishop Manny Carlos said something that really stuck with me. He said that the coronavirus was not a disruption in our world. And that really made me think. I was like, huh? When you look around, this has caused a lot of disruption. Creation had been on a downward spiral, as he was saying. Instead, Jesus coming with the power to save the world was the disruption. When our world was on a downward spiral, our God walked across the cosmos, became a man, lived a perfect life, died a criminal's death in our place, and was raised from the dead to offer each and every one of us the power of God for salvation. Instead of judgment, we now have salvation. Wow. That is the good news. That is the gospel. That's what? That's the power of God at work in our lives. Next, in verse 17, it goes on and says, For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. So the gospel is the power of God. The gospel reveals the righteousness of God. Paul here really is talking, communicating the same, one truth with two different sides. On one side, the gospel is the declaration of God's character. That he is holy. That he is perfect. That he is faithful. That he is loving. That he is the righteous judge. God is revealing to us his righteousness. A declaration of the character of God. On the other side of this coin is this. That the gospel is the declaration of how a righteous judge is in the business of making a people righteous. It means we, have, we now have a right standing with God. It means we stand before God righteous. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. It has nothing to do with me It has everything to do with God. I didn't earn it. I can't add to it. I don't deserve it. It's all about God's faithfulness to reveal his character to us and to impute in us his righteousness. My right standing with God has everything to do with God and nothing to do with me. So how is this accomplished? It talks about from faith For faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. The gospel is received by faith alone. So basically, faith is not just the ABC or the starting point of our spiritual walk. It is actually the A to Z the beginning, the middle, and the finish line of our spiritual walk. You know, having faith is being fully convinced that God is able to do the very things that he promised that he was going to do. Facing the fact that we are not holy, facing the fact that we are sinful, but also being fully convinced that God is able to do the very things he has promised to do. So the gospel is received by faith alone. You know, it's actually the opposite of works. That's, faith is the opposite of works. Work says, I need to do. Faith says, I receive what Christ has done. Work says, I need to perform. Faith says, I accept Christ's finished work. Work says, I need to achieve. Faith says, I need to enter into his rest. Being saved from the judgment of God has nothing to do with my power to change my life. It has nothing to do with your power to change your life. Being righteous, having the right standing with God has nothing to do with what I can do. It is by faith to accept what Christ has done for me. You know, I want to end with this. The gospel is God's faithfulness revealed through his power and through his righteousness. You know, God disrupted our world by coming into this world with the power to save. That's what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago. Not only that, God disrupted our lives by revealing his righteousness so that we can receive it by faith. It's not about our strength, the strength of our faith, that we stand here. It is about the faithfulness of God. And it is about the gospel. And that's the good news. Let's pray. Lord, in a time of uncertainty, Lord, we can be certain of your faithfulness. In a time of fear, we can share the reason for the hope that we have. Lord, it is not about us, it is about you. That the good news, that the gospel, is the power of God for salvation. That the gospel, the good news, is the revelation of who you are. And for that, Lord, we are so thankful. And our prayer today, Lord God, is that you would reveal yourself more and more and more and more to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you were encouraged by the message. For more podcasts and updates and to give online, visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app.